Welcome to a night of total terror. Welcome to the Undead Wookiee Podcast, Episode 7, Big Trouble in Little China. The Undead Wookiee is a fortnightly podcast focusing on horror and sci-fi, but there will be times where we dip into other genres because here at the Undead Wookiee, our nerdiness knows no bounds. Tonight I will be joined by a very special co-host and I'll allow him to introduce himself in a little bit. But first up, let's have a listen to the trailer. This is Jack Burton in the Pork Chop Express, and I'm talking to whoever's listening out there. It's a pretty amazing planet we live on here, and a man would have to be some kind of fool to think we're all alone in this universe. There is a hidden world where ancient evil weaves a modern mystery. What's going on here? Is this some kind of... Magic. The darkest magic. They call it Little China. Finally, we shall bring order out of chaos. It's where big trouble was waiting for Jack Burton. Who? Jack Burton. Me. Jack. Jack. Jack! They told him to go to hell. He make one move. And that's just where he's going. Somebody, I don't care who, tell me what is going on. How are you going to spring us? I have no idea. There are many mysteries, many unanswerable questions, even in a life as short as yours. Destiny rests in your capable hands. Hey, I'll do my best. Summer. Hey, what more can a guy ask for? 20th Century Fox presents Kurt Russell in John Carpenter's Big Trouble in Little China. It's on the reflexes. Fool, he could have escaped last time, but we caught him just as he was getting over the fence. The one, the only... Mr. Leighton Winston, how are you, sir? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good, mate. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. It I was, was good. never trying to escape. I was just seeing if I could climb the fence. That's all. <laughs> uh, I, 
couldn't, obviously. So here I am back again. Now, we've been threatening to do this episode for quite a bit of time now, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're finally here. Did you broach it or did I broach it? I think we both kind of sort of said at the same time, let's do Big Trouble in Little China. And then we both (laughs) completely geeked out. And um, here we are. Yeah. You are, you are, because because it, it covers pretty much what the what this podcast is about, isn't it? It's the mixture of everything. Oh God, everything. yeah, yeah, and um, so much more, and oh, so much more. Do you know what? And it's only I've, I've probably gone back now, and obviously it's a great excuse to not that you need any excuse to go back and watch this film. But I probably watched this about two or three times now over the last week, and yeah, I mean, I <laughs> and there's just. You watch it, and it's one of those films, and I know it's a bit of a cliche, they say every time you go back and you look at it, there's something new. Um, and there yeah, is, there's definitely. just so much going on in this film. There is, it's just it's just class. It is just a class piece of work. It is, it is. And I, I, I will bring up, as per normal, my notes, and you've already touched on one or two things in, <laughs> just to see, in, in, in your enthusiasm about what I'm going to bring up. Um, but, um, so basically big trouble in little China. Lead us off. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. John Carpenter's big trouble in little China. Indeed. John Carpenter's big trouble in little China. Important. Yeah. Important. Hugely, hugely important. Hugely important. Um, released in 1986. Um, this is the beauty of John Carpenter. And this is the beauty of big trouble in little China. They had 20 million US dollars to make a martial arts horror, fantasy, action, comedy flick, <laughs> which, although originally um, the script wasn't um, set in modern times, it was actually no. set in a Western setting. Yeah. And um, the original script, by all accounts, was dreadful. The idea was good, but the execution was appalling. Yeah, well, the so, original um, uh, producer um, did try to have the original writers uncredited. <laughs> he tried yeah, to, he yeah, paid for yeah. it and then he tried to kick them off the script. Yeah, but the screen the screenwriters guild sort so, uh, sort of that. However, John Carpenter brought in a uh, script doctor, Mr. Yeah. W. D. Richer. Yes. Uh who who directed Bakaru Banzai. Uh, yes. Which I didn't I did not know. I honestly didn't know that. And um he he tidied everything up and uh, made it a working script. And then uh, it was handed over to Mr. Carpenter then to uh, go forth and film. Um, now, let's be honest. To try and sell this film to somebody who's never seen it before. Yeah. Um, no, not so much nigh on impossible, but it's just a case of just watch it and see what their reaction is after, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, you know, it, is. it is. It's an incredible... It is, you know, like you said... It's, there is no way on earth now that a studio would give somebody twenty million dollars, twenty plus million dollars, to go. Well, there you are. Go into this. Exactly. And th- how much would that budget be now? Well, they're on about obviously, and I mean, we're like sort of they've been talking about this for a couple of years now, but doing a remake of yeah, this yeah. with Dwayne yeah, the Rock yeah. Johnson. Now, yeah. I'll probably come I've got my the, thoughts on this. I've got my thoughts on this, but I, I mean, yeah. I, he has the Rock has won me over <laughs> over the last couple of years. I mean, San Andreas, so. 
is horrific. I've avoided it like the plague, truth yeah. be told, because um, I saw, like, you know, they saw the synopsis, I saw the actors involved, and I saw the trailer, and I thought, no, not going to watch that in a month of Sundays. No. Never, ever going to watch it. No. no. But no. I imagine, you know, Dwayne is centre of attention. I will say this about Dwayne The Rock Johnson, though. He reinvigorated the Fast and the Furious franchise. Yes, he did. He did. With Fast Fast Five, I will argue, is, is one of the most preposterous films you will ever, <laughs> ever, ever watch. But it's brilliant because he is in it. Yep. And he is... Yep. It's, never, never mind the, the ridiculous action sequences and running through Brazil and running out through the favelas and jumping off the, you know, the roofs and everything and dragging this massive safe through the middle of, you of know, Rio de Janeiro, as you do. But it is down to Dwayne Johnson's charisma that that franchise has been reintegrated. Um, I tell you what Dwayne Johnson should remake or if he's going to do a John Carpenter film. What's that? Go on, Em. The, they Live. Yes. Yes. Can you imagine a, a rock version of They Live? Do you know what? If there's anybody who could actually play that role, because let's be honest, Roddy Piper is just immense as John Nader. Brilliant. He is immense in that film. And there is nobody hands, out there. Hands down. There no, is nobody out there that could do it. It's, 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 you know, I understand, I do sort of understand why they would want to remake Big Trouble Little China in sort of a modern setting. Yeah. With the advent of modern technology, you know, a charismatic superstar. He's the biggest uh, draw, uh, box office draw in the world now, apparently. He is, and he's also the sexiest man on the planet. Well, I'm not going to dispute that. But I um... mean, <laughs> I wasn't allowed to enter this year. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I will give it that. that <laughs> but... Uh... <laughs> Going back, um, yeah, you know, it, it, to me it is uh, Jack. Uh, we'll get into characters and all this, but you know, if they, if there's one John Carpenter film that should be remade, and this isn't to say that They Live should be remade because They Live no. is fantastic on its own. It's brilliant, no. brilliant, brilliant film. Has the best fight sequence in any film committed <laughs> to this date, right? All was it. Seven, eight minutes of it, or something. It's a, I think, like, like totally. I think it runs in total at about nine minutes. Um, oh, it's 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 brilliant. The film is brilliant. Pop culture references, and you know, it's just like you know, commercialism and everything else. Well, and that to me would make would would, would perfectly suit Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I think uh, leave Jack Burton alone. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, God, when you look at this cast when you look at it i mean what i love about this it's full of character actors it is completely yeah. rammed with character actors and i mean you know when you look at this you got you got kurt russell as jack burton you got dennis dunn uh as wang chi you got kim cattrall yeah dennis dunn is the unsung hero of this film yeah and i mean it's all about kurt so all about Kurt Russell, but Dennis Dunn is the young son hero. Well, you know, I think we I really want to come on to that bit, in, you know, when we sort of look at what works, because he is, he's a superb character actor. He is a superb actor. He really Brilliant. is. And I think, um, I mean, he doesn't, you don't see an awful lot of him now. 
he's still working. No. But no. he is, you know, he, he is was... he is a great actor. Great yeah, actor. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, you but, got Kim Cattrall. Um, yeah, it's uh, as a young younger actress, and I don't I don't mean to speak her turn, but she was more enduring than she is now because of her association to that awful television series that spawned two films yes. that I'm not going to mention. No, we shan't. You may not. No, we're not going to mention it because no. oh, it's just and uh, it's horrible. It's just <laughs> horrible, horrible, horrible. And she, 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 was, she was really quite a big film star, wasn't she? You yeah, know? yeah, completely. Uh, but uh, and she's and she's vital in this film, isn't she? Oh, but, huge. Uh, yeah, she, uh, what that, that TV program. Oh, oh. It, less said the better. Less said oh, the better. Phys- physically hurts. <laughs> <laughs> you got James Hong as David Lopin. Yeah, yeah. And again, another. Oh, he is actually, and I, I would bring that. We've got some stuff on him later. He's got over 500 film and television credits. He's been working yeah. since 1955. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. That is immense. And he is still going today. It's incredible, isn't it? It's, it's, just, it's just mental. You do forget that these people, you know, their careers. It's like with Kurt Russell, like a Kurt Russell career. He started as a young boy, didn't he? Well, he was in the computer wore tennis shoes with the Disney films and uh... world's strongest man and something <laughs> daft like that, didn't he, you know? But um, yeah, he was since a kid, was not he? He was in yeah. loads of films, like in the early Disney stuff. Didn't yeah, he? yeah, completely. Like, I mean, the other yeah. one, is, um, really fascinating character. I really want to, you know, we'll talk about it, is Victor Wong, the guy who plays Egg Shen. Um, Really interesting person, really, really interesting. Really? Yeah, um, you could you, you could talk about. We'll come on to him in a bit. He's he's absolutely fine. Yeah. And then you've got uh, Kitty Burton as Margot Lutzenberger. Uh, yeah. Again, great. Um, does a lot of work in television now. A lot of work in television. Donald Lee, yeah. who plays Eddie. Um, I, I saw a film with him in recently he cropped up with something recently and I can't for the life of me think what it was he's one of those faces that just keeps popping up every now and again you sort yeah, of half expect yeah. him to see him in something like an episode of JAG or NCI- <laughs> <laughs> NCIS or something, you know, one of those ones um, then obviously we come uh, on to the three storms you've got yeah. uh, Carter Wong who plays Thunder, now Carter Wong I mean, he, again, he's got over 88 film credits. You yeah. know, really, really gifted martial artist, multi, uh, multi-disciplined, um, yeah. incredible fight choreographer. You've got uh, Peter Kwong. I don't know if you can see my notes, but there's one name that stood out a mile. Al Young. The, Al Young. The great Al Young. Yes. And you've got... Uh, Peter Kwan as Rain. Yeah. Um, again, really good character actor. Pops up in lots of things. Done, you know, lots of television. Um, a, a really, really um, quite important within like Tai Chi circles. Um, he's an instructor for Tai Chi, but he studied um, Northern style Shaolin, and you can clearly see that in a lot of his, his lot of his movement and his lot of um, um, his fluidity in his movement. And then you've got James Pax, who plays Lightning. Um, and he's now directing more and more than actually acting. Um, but he's popped up in quite a few things. And then you've got Susie Pei, 
as Mao Yin. <laughs> my my very my very last note is <laughs> Mao Yin is stunning. That woman is very 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 attractive, and I think I would run up walls for that. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> but enough. Let's go back to the beginning. Yeah. Right, John Carpenter. Yes. Where John do we start? John Carpenter, on, on just this film, he composed the music, he was the producer, yeah. he was probably the set builder, he probably did the makeup, <laughs> and he probably made the food, because John Carpenter films tend to involve John Carpenter doing everything, yeah. which is so unusual when we, that he didn't actually write the script, because he tends to, to adapt a lot of his own ideas, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, yeah, he does. And, you know, for him to adapt somebody else's screenplay, put his his touch on it, all over it. Oh, it's, it's clearly but, a Carpenter film. It's clearly oh, a Carpenter yeah. film. It, you know, it's the neon lights, it's the 80s, you know. The synth-driven score. Synth, yeah. Have, have you ever heard the theme song? Yes, yes. Oh, my God. Have you ever seen the music video that it goes with? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> the, 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 the control button was taken away there, wasn't it? You yes. know, the producers... Didn't step when he was a producer himself, but you know, he, somebody didn't step in there and go, John, this is actually a bad idea. Let's not do it. But oh, it's, it's awful. It oh. comes across as if Alan Partridge had his own rock band. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that sums it up so perfectly. It's, it's just, it's oh. horrific. It's horrific. And, you know, I'm not even going to try to attempt to sing it, but it's like the big chorus, which is actually the film title. It's yeah. Like, big trouble <laughs> in little town. Oh, it's terrible. Oh, it's so bad. But oh. then on the flip side of that, the, you know, he won a Saturn Award for the score of this film. Yeah, the score's brilliant. It's... I mean, the guy, the guy, the guy bloody wrote the Halloween theme, man, right? It's well, not like you haven't got any talent, did it? No, I mean, he's, I mean, he's recently been in Bristol. Um, yeah, on his Lost he, Themes tour. Um, that's right, yeah. And he's been I only found... He escaped to New York soundtrack yeah, from yeah, beginning yeah. to end and things yeah. like that, haven't he? Well, we like sort of... I found out about it because I was at Bristol Horicon. Uh, <coughs> and um, there was big posters up of it. And it was like, literally, I think it was on in the next couple of days, so I couldn't get tickets to go and see it. But like, every, yeah. by all accounts, everybody who saw it, it's just, you know... He is a very, very talented musician who oh, good God, yeah. clearly, for that moment in time, lost his mind. <laughs> yeah, it, the, the, uh, the creative control was uh, not uh, enforced on that, shall we say. But, uh, but no, you know, the, the guy is hugely, hugely talented. Because you, you touched on it when we first started speaking about the sequences, the big sequences in this film. Yeah. It's, it's it's like uh, the first big fight sequence, um, or even harking back to the first sequence in the airport when the two girls are uh, accosted. Oh, yeah, and like there's so many people around, and like to sort of focus in on those three, you know, the three or four people involved, and then shortly after that, you've got that first big fight sequence where there must be at least a hundred people almost on screen. Like it's yeah. incredible. It is an, incredible. I mean, the um, I mean, the f- they pretty much were able to sort of encapsulate 
um, a Run Run Shaw Brothers film, but yeah. with money, um, yeah. with, you know, some... Well, they threw every trick in the book at it. Um, I mean, the just the, you know, and the editing, the speed of the editing, the the shots, the, the framing of the shots is just superb. And the fact is, you've got your hero sat... In a truck. In a truck <laughs> with yeah. his little knife. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Just only, it's, it's, it's just got his little it's knife. Brilliant. It's like, it's only when you, you, you saw it. It's, it's like, again, when you rewatch a film and you watch it as many times as we have. And, yeah. You know, going back to it, and it's like, hang on, now, you've got these two guys fighting in front of you, but there's like 40 guys in the background all yeah. going hell for leather, and they've all got weapons, and they're all hitting seven shades of poo out of each other. Yeah. <laughs> And it's, 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 it's mental. It is absolutely mental. They can't the, do all of that. Like, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, in terms of sort of being able to sort of film that, frame it, and then edit it in a way that it just doesn't become just one massive well, it's, mess. It's, it, it's like, um, it's like, um, it's like 1980s um, Editing techniques, you know, it's like flash, flash screens, and oh. you know, and quick edits, and short burst action sequence. Go to another one, go to another, and to another. Because actually, one of my notes was, um, do you ever think that directors actually sort of feed off each other when they make good films, uh, especially for this era? If we can say like Carpenter, Richard Donner, yeah. John McTiernan, Paul Verhoeven. Uh, John Wood, do you think they were probably they were probably like watching each other's films and thinking, oh, "I'm completely. doing that in my next my next film." Completely, you know? completely, because you sort of they, they drip feed off each other, don't they? Oh, massively so, massively and, so. And it's it's it's, it's like like later uh, Paul Verhoeven, like the Starship Troopers and stuff like that. I was quite quite big scale, was there? You know, oh, it was huge. But you know, it's I think they all sort of hark back to each other's films, don't they? Oh, uh, massively so, and I mean. And you can clearly see the influence of um, the run of Run Run Shaw in this film, because one of the things that they did and the fight choreographer and his name completely escapes me at the moment. The fight choreographer on this film, what he did was he, you know, they threw in wire work. They yeah. had uh, trumpets everywhere. Yeah. They, even yeah. for some of the scenes, they, they built the sets upside down. So yeah. that the so you know so you got the old school running up the wall techniques, you know yeah. that you know basically they just flip the sets upside down. It's um... well, John Carpenter said himself that he threw every trick he had available to him, yeah, at the screen because he thought, well, if I want it to look this way, I'm gonna have to throw everything at it and use every trick in the book and every film technique to cameras being upside down and. You know, and, and just just basically going off, <laughs> just going right. Give me, give me the filmmaker the last hundred years, and I'm gonna do every single scene I can. Yeah, but, I, I'm, but what I absolutely and again though, you can clearly see that this is a carpenter film because you've got touches of <coughs> you've got Howard Hawks's fin- fingerprints all over it. Well, yeah, it, it it's it harks back to those those Western sentiment, the, the not sentiment, the sensibilities, doesn't yeah. it? You know, like because for a film that's quite small in scape, it's also really quite massive in oh, scape. Huge. It's, it's huge. It was it was James Liu, by the way, too. James Liu. Yeah, James Liu. James Liu. 
I've just found it very quickly on the slide. <laughs> <laughs> now, again, um, James Liu, bizarrely, side note, he is he was <coughs> the fight choreographer on Best of the Best. That wonderful film starring Eric Roberts and Chris Penn, if I'm not mistaken. Both world-known martial artists. <laughs> no. Rubbish film. Rubbish film. Bloody Dyer. Rubbish. Dyer. Oh. The fact it's, that they've made, so some, that, they made yeah, like they six made, sequels, haven't they? It's just... Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's all that era of the... Uh, it's just horrible. It's horrible, yeah. horrible, horrible. Not good. <coughs> Um, there was something I wanted to bring up about um, about the, the sequences and everything. Um, if this was, if they do, if they do go ahead with the remake of this, um, but I don't think that'll happen. Somehow, you know, I know. That no, I don't think. So. I, it, it, it's, it's, it's something last year came up about it. The Rock has said that um, he still wants to do it, um, and he wants John Carpenter involved. Now, I can't see it working. However, if they did do it. And knowing that the way they make films these days, a film like this would look oh so cool in yeah. IMAX 3D, and you know because basically it's like um, I recently saw Doctor Strange. I don't know if you've seen it yet. No, not yet. Not yet. No. It's um, it's good. It is good. It's not. It's not uh, Civil War by any means. Yeah. <laughs> I go Guardians of the Galaxy in any way, shape, or no. But the visuals for that were absolutely mind-blowing. Yeah. I actually did see it in IMAX 3D, and I urge anybody, if they are going to watch it, to do so in that format, because there's things happening on screen, and you just go in, how the fuck did they even think of that in the first place? <laughs> Genuinely, it, it is that good. Like it's, it, 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 it was things happening on screen, and you just go in, no, didn't see that. That's nonsense. Why would you come up with that? That's crazy. And... But if they were to remake Big Trouble Little China and were honest and true to the original, with neon lights and yeah. people flying everywhere and, you know, your flash edits, do it 3D, it would look the bollocks. I it think, would look. But I think one of the things that, you know, I think it would, I mean, it would look absolutely stunning, but I think one of the things that I love about this film, really, really love, is and it's one of the you know people sort of label the criticism is that, that some of the some of the effects they're so practical they're so hands on they kind of they kind of almost tip over into that little bit shonky sort of the, and they have there's something but it really that's does not, that's not that's not a bad thing no that's, think, that's not a bad thing in any way shape or form I don't think to be honest and with I think it. if they tried to sort I, of crisp it up too much maybe it would take a little bit of the heart out of it yeah. Yeah, well, we were discussing the other day, isn't it? Um, a sequel to a film that that recently came out, isn't it? Yes. And I said to you, how cheap that film looked compared to the original, which came out twenty years ago. Yeah, yeah. Because there was too much sheen, there was too much um, lens flare. <laughs> uh, I suppose, yeah. But you know, but then the argument you say, oh, the, the effects aren't as good. The, uh, you know, uh, they don't hold up. Well, no, they're not meant to because the film no, is made at the time and the place. Yeah, and and that's what I love, and that's what I absolutely love about this. And like when you yeah, see like I, the green explosions in the background, <laughs> it's just brilliant. It's absolutely it's like brilliant. 
egg chain throws the crystals and it's like a big purple yeah. cloud with people flying out of it and sparks going everywhere and it's neon lights being smashed up and it's just oh, it's just, just it's immense. It it's is immense. An immense film. It's brilliant, brilliant. Um, I, I will say, if we're talking about visually, <coughs> excuse me, my lungs are coming up. <laughs> um, I, 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 the film reminds me an awful lot, and it, perhaps it's just me watching the film and looking at my my film case with all my films. And Flash Gordon caught my eye. Yeah, you know, Flash yeah. Gordon's visuals. Staggering, brilliant production value, and I was amazing. Yeah. The film is brilliant as well, right? But I thought, oh my God, it's quite similar in some respects. Well, you it's know, a it's very quite similar color. Loud, color. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's loud, isn't it? It's loud and it screams and every color's popping, you know. And it's just, it's funny, isn't it? It's just how, how these, going back now to the, you know, how these films influence each other and whatnot, you know, and it's, 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 it's uncanny almost. It looks cool as film looks so cool. Yeah. And he's got the, the main heroes, his hero. He's yeah. got a, he's got a 1980s mallet, you know, which we Take all did at one point, I suppose. If any man could still rock a mallet, it would be Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell sports, the finest moustache is known to man. Well, yeah. I mean... Him and... Uh, who else? Jeff Bridges can do a good one. Yeah. Jeff Mullet, yeah, yeah. And, and Sam Elliott probably does own his moustaches. Yes. Sam Elliott is, you know, is just machismo, though, isn't he? He is, you know, in <laughs> yeah. everything, yeah. he is just like the ult. If so, if you pick up the ultimate uh, dictionary picture of a man, it's a picture of Sam Elliott because he is just. <laughs> if you walk in, if you walk in the room now, I'd have to walk out because of the sheer masculinity. Yes, you know. <laughs> you suddenly just realize you speak. You know, you think you're completely au fait in his presence. It's just... Yeah, it's like all the best. I'm off now. I'm off now. So. Right. <laughs> Um, uh, go back to sorry. Go on. Go got, on. You're saying about like obviously this was the last studio film that John Carpenter made. Yeah, everything else after this, it was independent, wasn't yeah, it? This was the last studio film that he made. Now, this is the thing, right? We look at this film now, and we look at it, and it's it is a classic. I mean, this is probably you know, in terms of my all time top 10 films this is up in my like top three um is it really it is because i just love this film it is just absolutely i think it is it, oh, we'll come on to my score later on but it is it's just just not only because of the nostalgia feel to it i think that it does exactly what it says on the tin it makes no yeah. pretensions about it it is oh. loud it is brash it is silly and everybody in it is playing it completely straight but this, yeah. th- you could still get a bit of a, there's still a little twinkle in everybody's eye. Absolutely, absolutely, and it's and it's no way like that. Sometimes can be um, a negative towards a film, isn't it? Because if everybody in on the joke, then sometimes the film then becomes a joke itself. But yeah. this, in this instance, no, and it's not. It's not like that. It's it's done with hundred percent commitment, isn't oh, it? Completely. You know every. Everybody's in for it, you know. They yeah. they know that this film they make it. Well, Kurt Russell himself apparently said he knew when he was making it that marketing this film was going to be nigh on impossible. Well, they, yeah. How do you go out explaining this film? Yeah. Well, you can't. 
You can't. You can't, you can't, you can't. really sit. You, if you sat down to somebody and said, well, what we've got is we've got um, a truck driver who thinks he's the hero. Um, he's got... And his, he's not. <laughs> and he's not because he's, complete, he's no. completely inept. Um, and yeah. then you've got his so-called sidekick who is actually the hero of the film. We're going to throw in completely Chinese mysticism. We're going to throw in um, we're going to throw horror. in kung fu horror, um, and we're just going to throw it at action comedy. Yeah. We're going to throw the lot yeah. in there, and um, we'll see what you think about it. Just you just can't. Yeah, it. yeah. But like this, it's, bit, it's, it's such an odd film to to have been made. It's bonkers. Isn't it? it is a bonkers film. It is crazy because I. I I've got a, I've got a little side note. You'll have to watch it again now for like the third time in three weeks. No <laughs> yeah. way this was coming up because uh, me me and my son have watched it twice. In yeah, as many weeks because I introduced it to him. I said, right, watch this film with me. He's nine years old. Watch this film with me. He watched it, and at the end of it, he went, it's "The best film I've ever seen." To be <laughs> honest with you, you know. <laughs> and I I was a similar age when the film came out. Yeah, yeah. You know, because and um, it's like I, I was like watching it again, and every single element of that I love about that film has come back. But it's like it, it's it's such a crazy concept to begin with. It's oh, just mind blowing. It's just how 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 does this even begin to come together? Yeah, and, you know, I know it's the original well, script and all the rest, but here is the you know, but here's the crux of it. Right? It opened right in one thousand and fifty-seven screens. Across America, this is just the, the American release of it, right? In its opening weekend, it took two point seven million. Overall, it did eleven million dollars on a twenty million budget. On a twenty million budget, right? Yeah. And here's the other thing as well: what other John Carpenter film suffered as the result of being released against another type of film? And at the time, the thing, the thing, and at the time, everybody went. Well, that's not E.T. Well, no fucking shit, it's not E.T. <laughs> it is the anti-E.T. It is. It is. And they released The Thing on the tail end of E.T., which then everybody went, oh, aliens. Oh, my God. Why am I watching this man's <laughs> face being pulled apart? But you got to be fucking shitting me. <laughs> <laughs> that is the best line, I think. It is, it is brilliant. Oh. But brilliant. What I other can, I can talk about this. I can talk about the thing for hours. Well, I think that's a future Sorry. episode, isn't it? <laughs> Definitely. I what might be other here. film did this get released up against? Well, I've done a list of films opening in '86, um, and the top, the, the biggest film of that year, Top Gun. Was nope. it Top Gun or was it? Three Men and Baby or something like that? Aliens. It came oh, out. Aliens is actually in my notes, yeah. It came out. at the same time as Aliens. Yeah, they pretty much came out almost that, but also they rushed the production of Big Trouble in Little China to go up against Eddie Murphy's Golden Child. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. But what you've got... They did. You've got this completely unmarketable film, or so-called unmarketable film, in the middle of... Eddie Murphy's The Golden Child, which is family friendly, again including Asian martial mysticism, sort of yeah. STEMI martial yeah. arts type film. It's all it, and then yeah. on the other side of it, you got James Cameron's Aliens, and there's no, you know, there is no way in terms of marketing exposure. You got Eddie Murphy, who is probably at this time, 
the big one of one of the biggest stars in yeah. the world, and then you've got yeah. one of the biggest sequels opening to an already classic film. There's just you know yeah. you know we, it's we, yeah yeah and I, you know we've we've gone over it repeatedly and we about how, how would you how would you sell this film isn't it you know and um, yeah I. I I mean, I mean, yeah, they found this audience eventually. Yeah, it um, did. Because, you know, because we, we are of the video shop era, aren't we, you know? Yeah. And going and picking out your that film, and that's where it really found its audience, isn't it? Yeah. Like a lot oh, of completely, films. completely, completely. Um, you know, we can all give examples of films like this. Donnie Darko found his audience on DVD. Yeah. The Shawshank Redemption found its audience on DVD. There's countless of films out there that actually people go, I don't know this film is brilliant. Why yeah. haven't you oh, seen it? Yeah. But, um, yeah, but it, it, it's like, <laughs> I, I, I often wonder if like with marketing in film marketing, it's, it's, it's one, it tends to be one thing that they latch on to, don't they? When yeah. they're trying to sell yeah. a film. Yeah. And you simply couldn't do it with big time. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Could, you could... Do, do you include, do you include in your posters, the ball, as I refer to it, you know, yeah. the one with the eyes all over him. Do yeah. you put that in? Or do you put the beast in? Or do you put, I don't know, uh, <laughs> the, the expand, uh, you know, when he expands himself in the film poster? No, you can't. But um, it's such a mental film. It's just, it's, it's but here's a good question for you, and it's part of my notes is why is this film so enduring? Um, why does it? Why, why does everybody love this film? I think it goes back to it goes back to the cast. <coughs> it goes back to the cast, and what you've got is you have got, and it's it, it, and I think it is the key element in this film. You have got a group of actors who are giving not just decent performances. Everybody in this film gives within this universe an excellent performance. I mean, you know, yeah. you know, I think all you got to look at is Kurt Russell. You know, he's just as Jack Burton, he is amazing. He is absolutely yeah. amazing. I mean, you know, he said <coughs> earlier, he thinks he is the hero of this film. He thinks he is the hero. And he's clearly not. But throughout no. this film, you know, he's um he's channeling John Wayne. You know, from the way yeah. that he walks, from the way that he talks, yeah. you know, he's got some amazing, amazing one-liners. They are just, <laughs> just, knew, it's so I knew, I knew this was, Yeah, and I knew this was going to come about. And I got, like, when we did the Predator one, I made, like, notes of the, the one-liners. Like, oh. Yeah. And there's and one thing about Jack Burton himself, you know, he, he should, that character really should have had, a series of films, shouldn't he? You oh, know, there was the long spin-off. There was a, there was, yeah, and there was a sequel mentioned at one point about it that never happened yeah. to this date, anyway. Because um, one of the like things he says in the film is that he said, "You know, I've seen a lot of shit, Wang." You yeah, know, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so this guy, he's a seasoned guy, you know. And uh, but the one, there's one line there's in it. It's just it, it, like there's one I still say to this day. Do you know. You do you go back to the DIY, right? Yeah. It, yeah. It, and off camera, we were talking about you, you've got DIY to do it. And you go in, knocking walls, and it's like, hollow, hollow, hollow. fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to this day, can't help myself, can't help myself. 
But um, what I, there's so many good ones. My top five, my top five moments that still make me chuckle, and I still quote them to this day, is, you know, my number five is the, the call the president. Okay, you people sit tight, hold the fort, and keep the home fires burning. And if we're not back by dawn, call the president. If, uh, if I'm not back, call the president. <laughs> Got delusions of grandeur in me Because, you know, obviously it's the scene where he, where he goes to the brothel um, and he's completely... It's, no, it's not the scene where he goes to the brothel, is it? It's... Um, yes, it is. Before he goes to the brothel. Or they got about before oh, they go in. They sat in the car. Yeah, they yeah. They sat in the car. They sat in the car before they go in, and it's just, yeah. it's just a brilliant, brilliant moment because he is. He, this is a man who has total faith that everything he is going to do is going to work, and every, yeah. no matter, <laughs> it just falls apart around him. Yeah, yeah. yeah it just constantly. falls apart. <laughs> you know, my other favorite one is uh, at, my number four is. Son of a bitch must pay. <laughs> Son of a bitch must pay. <laughs> when they almost get run over. They? Well, it's the fact that they, yeah. they, they stand there in front of the car. Yeah. As it's, yeah. <laughs> it's just, you know, and it's Wang Chi who decides, enough's enough now. I'm going to yeah. get out the way. But, you know, you yeah. just stood in front of the car. Um, the other one is number three. Come over here and fight like a man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I, I, that's so bad. That scene has always sort of fascinated me because, you know, they must realize themselves now, right? The Wang is the, the threatening prospect because they've tied him into the wheelchair <laughs> yeah, yeah. with the two guards, right? But they just left Jack at the other end of the room, like, you know, yeah. who's, had, who's been knocked down a couple of times. And, like, you know, he's still got his, his, his the bravado of it all, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's just like, no, you, you ain't the problem. It's the little guy in the wheelchair here <laughs> yeah, that yeah, I'm yeah. really worried about. Oh, by the way, have a sponge ball to the bollocks. <laughs> yeah, it's just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, you know, that, it, it's, it's, it's faults are there, front and centre, aren't they? Oh, and, you know... Genius, man. Genius. The other one is, you know, the opening monologue um, in the Porkchop Express. Express, and I'm talking to whoever's listening out there. Like I told my last wife, I says, honey, I never drive faster than I can see. Besides that, it's all in the reflexes. You just listen to the old Pork Chop Express and take his advice on a dark and stormy night, all right? When some wild-eyed, eight-foot-tall maniac grabs your neck, taps the back of your favorite head up against a barroom wall, and he looks you crooked in the eye, and he asks you if you've paid your dues. Well, you just stare that big sucker right back in the eye, and you remember what old Jack Burton always says at a time like that. Have you paid your dues, Jack? Yes, sir, the check is in the mail. It's just... Yeah. It is... It's incredible, because it, it sort of... Typifies like, the character. Yeah, yeah. It typifies it's, the character. Yeah, yeah. It's like I said to my ex-wife, honey, the checks in the mail. Yeah. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> CB radios. CB yes. radios. The nineteen eighties internet. Possibly. Possibly. You know, 
you know, there are still people out there, right, who have ham radio set up. And they, still, yeah, they probably it's is. like it's become yeah. like a real cult thing now where people have yeah. radios and communicate. Yeah, bonkers. Um, yeah. Of course, what is your number? What's it? With, what's number, number one? It's got to be. It's got to be. It's all in the reflexes. Absolutely, all in the reflexes. It's all in the reflexes. Fair play. Now, <laughs> I am going. I'm going to actually tell this story. Right, because it, this is the one time I have actually used this quote and thought, do you know what, Lloyd? You just pulled that off. <laughs> now, go on, Ed. I have to teach PE, right? And one, right. the one year they stuck me to do tennis, right? Having to teach tennis. Right. So there are literally tennis balls just, I mean, bear in mind, I've got 25, 30 kids all hammering the shit out of tennis balls, right? <laughs> and the one time I'm talking to a group of them about sort of how to, you know, properly do a forehand. And just out of the corner of my eye, I could see this one kid lining up and he just hits the ball and it just comes, it's, it's, it's head in my way. And I just put my hand up and I caught the ball, <laughs> right? Through sheer luck, no skill, yeah. nothing. Yeah. Caught the ball and I turned to the kids and said, it's all in the reflexes. Yes! Come on! <laughs> they all looked at me as if I had gone completely bonkers. But for just that moment, I achieved coolness. You became Jack Burton. Just for that moment, I had achieved it. I could have happily retired from teaching at that moment. <laughs> Children, if I have taught you, if I haven't taught you the forehand stroke, I have just shown you how good my reflexes are. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Quality, man. Quality, like, quality. I mean, do you know, you say about Jack Burton as a whole, the character, and you know, yeah. he's his, his multitude of obvious flaws, you know, and his, his supreme confidence. And, you know, when Egg Chen is talking at the beginning, he will not have a bad thing said no, about Jack no, Burton in no, any no. way, shape, or form. Because ultimately, yes, he stopped low pan, right? Yes, he did. But he didn't do an awful lot, really, building up to that part, did he? If you think about it, in the first major battle that takes place, he stays in his truck with his knife. Yes. The second he gets out of his truck, he ends up being blinded. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, both rescue missions that they attempt in the middle part of the film, they get captured. Yes. Um, have to be rescued. Have to be rescued. <laughs> Yeah. And in the final confrontation, he manages to knock himself unconscious by firing his gun. <laughs> yeah, you know, everybody else's, you know, war screams and war chants. <laughs> and, yeah! Jack goes, I'm happy this. Boom, 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 boom. It is, it's just, cla you know. It's Kurt Russell. It's all Kurt Russell, isn't it? It is. Just... It is. And I mean, I think, you know, lots of people, sort of over the years, there's been a growing respect for Kurt Russell and his performances in films. And I mean, you only yeah. have to look at, like, um, have you seen Bone Tomahawk yet? Oh, I am so, so, oh. so glad you were brought. I've got all my notes right here. Must talk about Bone Tomahawk because I watch Bone Tomahawk dry. 
I knew it was a Western. I knew there was something bad happens in it. Yeah. Nothing else. Watched it, floored by it. It's absolutely floored by it. He's magnificent in it. He is magnificent in that film. And I mean, even when you go back and you look at like, you know, when you look at the Battle of the Wyatt Earp films, right? Yeah. You look at, you know, Kevin Costner's Wyatt Earp. (sighs) Sorry, that was just awful. It was all, it's an awful film. Just I've, bloated, I've, like overblown. Yeah. yeah. To- yep. Tombstone, Tombstone is what I would call a popcorn film, whereas oh, Wyatt yeah. Earp was, in, was more your epic, wasn't it? Or tried to be yeah. your epic yeah. and whatnot. But um, ultimately, Tombstone is about, uh, yes, it's about Wyatt Earp, but it's all on Kurt Russell and Val Kilmer's shoulders because yeah. of this genuine. Movie stars, yeah, oh, completely, and and that's what it is. It's it's movie stars giving movie star performances, but actually, what yeah. it's more than that. I think there's two in the middle because what you've got there, because I mean, you know, Val Kilmer is clearly mental, but oh yeah, you've got two very very skilled actors there and very very skilled screen actors, and yeah. you know, Kurt yeah. Russell has even in some of his lesser films. I mean, Soldier is not a good film. Oh, Soldier awful. is not a good film. But his performance in it is really good. Yeah, yeah. Say hi. My son's invading now. See. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. It, and I remember watching that, and I thought because he's basically playing a robot, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Essentially, in, yeah. In Soul, yeah, you know, and you know, he he can't have. Sex. Thank you. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> We'll, cut, we'll edit the We'll edit the from that. <laughs> Thanks, H. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, yeah. And that, that's basically, he's basically, you know, he's expressionless and emotionless, oh, you know. And then, yeah. But then you, you look at something like um, Breakdown. Um, yeah. A, a brilliant sort of breakdown with uh, the late um, JT Walsh, wasn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And brilliant. Again, underappreciated. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. But the boom tomahawk. Oh my god! It's it is. I, it's... I, I will say my knees got brilliant support with uh, Richard Jenkins and yes. uh, Patrick Wilson yeah. and Matthew Fox is in it as well. Yeah, no. Oddly but enough, it, it, whenever I see Matthew Fox, I do have an overwhelming urge to punch him in the face because I just it, there's something about that act. I don't know what it is. I just don't know what you, it is. I'm not a fan. <laughs> I don't know why. I, I feel the same about Eddie Redmayne. Don't know what it is. I cannot, cannot take to him. And my kids, massive Harry Potter fans, so they're desperate to go and yeah. see Fantastic Beasts. Yes. Carry on. Carry yeah. on. I won't be there. <laughs> I will not be there. It's just, I don't know what it is. It's just, oh, I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. But I didn't but mind bone, him in Bone Tomahawk. I didn't mind him. No, he, he, yeah, he was very good in fairness because he was like the um, the good looking cock cock of the north, wasn't he? Yeah. You know? And Pat, I got Patrick Wilson. I've always admired Patrick Wilson. I think he's a really, yeah, really he's a good, good actor. actor. Really, but Richard Jenkins is just quality. Full stop. But um, Bone Tomahawk, Bone Tomahawk, I really did feel sorry for the deputy at the end. <laughs> yeah, well, could I, actually, I'm probably going to be doing <sighs> looking at an episode covering that, so we will be we'll have to go into that. But oh my god! It's going back right. to Big Trouble in Little China. I think one of yes. the reasons why 
this film, like we said about why it works. We talk about the cast. It's Kurt Russell's relationship with Dennis Dunn is obviously pivotal to the whole thing. But actually, yeah. what you've got is, you know, the dialogue and the scenes between Kurt Russell and Kim Cattrall are brilliant because what that the the back and forth between those two goes back to that sort of um that sort of 1930s sort of um, yeah so it's, yeah it's um it's it's, um, like that. it's like she's almost and again you've got him channeling um John Wayne and she's almost got this yeah. touch of like Catherine Hepburn about her yeah, yeah. Got that sort it's, of... yeah it's, it's African queen, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Bringing a baby, and it's, yeah, like, it's... it's like that um, staccato, isn't it's it? You bop, know, bop, and, bop, and, back and yeah, forth. Yeah, and yeah, it, yeah, definitely, brilliant. definitely. And I mean, she, you I know, mean, and it's, it, it's it's the it's the it's the obvious chemistry, isn't it? You know, and it it plays off, and you can see it plays off each other, and you know, it, and it's there on the screen, isn't it? And the, yeah, it's. Yeah, it's, it's a great relationship in fairness. It is, like you say, a great performance. But it's a kudos to Kurt Russell because, you know, as an actor, when you're offered anything, it, it, I, I imagine as an actor, when you're offered anything, you have to you have to have a read through it and you have to try and, yeah. is this for me, you know, and is this for me? Yeah, and yeah, I've worked with John Carpenter a couple of times. I've made some great films up to this point with John Carpenter, but being um, the thing... Which is I, I we said before the best yeah. horror film ever made as far as I'm concerned, and the, the Escape from New York, which was blew my mind when I first saw which that. As a following kid. the recent presidential Americans across the pond is fast becoming a documentary. So uh... oh my god, yes, never mind making the uh, Manhattan a, 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 a jail. You know, the whole bloody place could be the same way. <laughs> I'm still processing that. I just. Uh... Anyway, anyway, before we're skipping, skip, getting back to this, before we, get, before we yes. get bogged down in that quagmire. But like, yes, yes. That sort of how, again, and through the dialogue, because of course, Howard Hawks um, directed bringing a baby, um, and you've got Carpenter's love of Howard Hawks. And, you know, there's, like you said, there's a brilliant patter between them. Yeah. Just going back to the original script. When it was being um, shopped around and it was actually picked up by uh, 20th Century Fox, yeah. initially, 20th Century Fox wanted two actors for Jack Burton. Well, Do you know who? Clint Eastwood was one. And Clint Eastwood was one. Is it Jack Nicholson? The other, the other was Jack Nicholson. Now, I, I don't want to be ageist here, but at that point, I would imagine... Clint would have been probably in his mid fifties, yeah, six might might have been might coming approaching his sixties, yeah, and Jack Nicholson would probably be mid forties, perhaps. Not known for his action films, though. Not at all. Not the, that. At all. I mean, and yes, he's done I, films I, I, with I, action in it, but he's not yeah, known for. Yeah. No, no, for getting but, in massive kung fu fights. No, very rarely. I mean, <laughs> oddly enough, though, do you know who the first choice was originally going to be for Wang Chi? Jackie Chan. It was going to be. They wanted Jackie Chan, but what happened was they Jackie yeah. Chan made uh, made his first foray into um, into breaking into Hollywood, and he made two films. One was Battle Creek Brawl, or as it was released in the UK, The Big Brawl. Right. Oh, oh, 
Oh, oh, oh, oh, oh, oh. I'm a massive Jackie Chan fan. I love his stuff. But, oh my God, that's an awful film. It's just dire. And I mean, not even Jackie's sort of um, charisma and his just ability to pull it out. The, it, it, it's just dire. It is terrible. And then the other film that kind of sealed his fate in Hollywood was The Protector. I remember The Protector. It was you know, a really cool cover, if I remember. I've film got, poster. I've got um, the VHS. I still he's got like, the VHS. He's just like pulling a, he's pulling a pause. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. His he's, police badge on his vest. Like, yeah. yeah. Look, looked really cool. Terrible Shit film. film. Shit. <laughs> That's the only way to describe it. It is absolutely <laughs> horrific. <laughs> but and what happened was he said, look, you know, look, the studio then said, no, look, we can't have him. Jackie turned around and said, well, look, I'm not going to do this. I'm, and he went back and he made Police Story, he made the original Police Story film. Did he, did he make Armour of God around this time as well? Just, yeah, just around about, probably around about the same time. Yeah, um, yeah. But, you know, yeah, but um, what had happened is Carpenter had seen Year of the Dragon Oh, uh, Mickey Rourke film. Mickey Rourke film. Michael Camino. Is it Michael? Yeah. Camino? I can never say his last name. Is it Camino? Camino. Camino. Michael Camino. Yeah, Michael Camino. Um, obviously did. Is it Heaven's Gate? Deer Hunter. Deer Hunter. I mean, he pretty much killed his career after Deer Hunter. Um, I would with Heaven's Gate. Heaven's Gate. Not yet. Yeah, yeah, that's the oh wolf. Um, but. Um, he saw Dennis Dunn, um, Carpenter saw Je- uh, Dennis Dunn in that and really, really liked him. Yeah. Um, and that's where he brought him on. Um, and I mean, you'd look at Dennis Dunn as an actor, because we've already touched on this at the beginning. Yeah. Um, you know, he was in uh, Year of the Dragon. He's, gr- again, mm. great performance in there. He's in another John Carpenter film. Prince of Darkness. Prince of Darkness. And he's really good in that. Yeah. Um, you know, he was in a. Can you remember, do you know the television series that he was in? No, I, I no. I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to be really <laughs> naff and say the Chinese detective, but that was um, the other guy who was in um, Temple of Doom. Yeah, um, no. he was I, in the Midnight Caller. Midnight talking, Caller. Yeah, oh the, yes, yeah. He was Midnight in that. Caller, yeah. He was in that. And I mean, he's gone on and he's done. He, he does a lot of theatre. He does a lot of, uh, you know. He does uh, read the reading about him. He does a lot of Chinese uh, theatre, doesn't he? Yes, he does. Like, yeah, with, with the operatic. He does and Peking, all the, rest. Uh, the Peking opera style stuff. Which, yeah, I mean, yeah. and again, when we talked about sort of, we said about Rain and like sort of his economy of movement, particularly with the fact that he sort of um, study, you know, he, he's disciplined within the within Shaolin. And mm. you can see um, in Dennis Dunn's movement, actually, you can see the Peking style performance come out, particularly in the way, he, particularly when he's holding the sword. Um, and, you know, and he did train a little bit as a kid as well. So yeah, he was able yeah. to really sort of handle himself in, in, in those fight scenes. He's the, uh, he's the first guy to wear a jumpsuit in a film and make it look cool since Ghostbusters. <laughs> and I, I mean this wholeheartedly, fuck Top Gun. I'm yes. bored of it. Bored of it beyond belief. It's yeah. not as good as people think it is. It looks spectacular, yes, but it's naff and it's yeah. It's I don't. I really. I've gone off it. I used. To, I did. I did enjoy it when I was younger. I will admit, but 
oh, it's just crap. And they're on about making a sequel to that now as well. I mean, no, why? Yeah, why? That is the question that I think people fail to ask themselves on a number of it. Why? But why? yeah, no, he does look incredibly cool throughout. Oh, yeah, of course he does. And his jacket at the beginning, I don't know if you've ever noticed, he wears like a baseball type jacket. Yeah, yeah. And on the back is the actual restaurant. Dragon of the Blackpool, yes, yes. massive motif on the back. Now that jacket is cool as yes, fuck. Yes, no, that is you know. But then everybody in the film looks cool. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, I think it, I think it's just one of those eighties things, isn't it? You know, everybody like, looks cool. It's uh, like the lost. It's like the Lost Boys. Everybody looks cool in the Lost Boys, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Everybody think, looks cool. Yeah, I think even Diane Weist. Right, here's one thing I've I, I, I been to ask you about this film. Why is Jack's truck so important? That's a really good question. Well, it's why? Yes, yeah, it's, it's a truck at the end of the day, isn't it? You know, it's probably why, his house as well, mine. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably is actually. You know, you know, but why is the pork chop express so important? It's like. It's like the, the MacGuffin, isn't it? it? Is, it, it the, I think it's probably it is one of the. It's, it's a great MacGuffin, isn't it? You yeah, know, it's like Wang Shi's like, got a girl. Yeah, the Pork Chop Express is his. Well, it's his horse, isn't it? Every cowboy yeah. needs a horse. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's a brilliant analogy, actually. Every but, cowboy you know, needs a horse. Yeah, and it's like it. it it's like well, what, what has it got? Has it got? I don't know herbs and spices. I don't know possibly. <laughs> Oh, is it gonna is it gonna elicit things? Who knows? Who cares? You know, but it's just it's just like it's like the center of everything, isn't it? It's like the track, Jack's yeah. track, Jack's track, you know. Because there's that great sequence in it when they um they're escaping and he's going, There's my track. My track! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, he's like, I haven't got the keys. I haven't got the keys, like, you know. Yeah. And he's like, spare! And he's like his his reaction as soon as yeah. he holds the key and he's like <laughs> one of my other favourite scenes within this is when he's on the phone to the insurance company oh my god <laughs> oh, it's and he's stood in the um, silk dressing he's, gown he's in the dressing gown yeah <laughs> oh it's brilliant it's absolutely brilliant just... how many serious heroes <coughs> would you see in a film Arguing with their insurance company whilst dressed in a, in probably in a very short dress, silk dressing gown. Yeah, yeah. It's just uh... see the thing is though, right? We sit, we sat here talking, and it's just solidifying my love of the film just by these little tiny things that yeah, you completely, completely. You, you, you just it's like it's like I mean. <laughs> <laughs> like a silk dressing gown. Why would that make me laugh as much as it just has? But it's a, it's like a turquoise. It's like a bright turquoise colour. It's, yeah. it's just yeah. It's, it's like a, it's like jade, isn't it? It's yeah. Just, uh, it's just well, it's, 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 it's just big trouble in China. It's just but if you, you know you're talking yeah. about like the casting for this film. We're talking about like the different people in it. So can you imagine if they'd had their way? The studio had their way, right? They could have had either Clint Eastwood or Jack um, or Jack Nicholson. In the lead role, paired yeah. up with Jackie Chan, just wouldn't have worked, would it? And the studio didn't even want to have Kim Cattrall in it. No, they wanted um, 
Didn't they want somebody like Joan Jett or something yes. like that? Yeah. Now, talk they... about bizarre casting. <laughs> now, th- now, this is the thing. The studio didn't want Kim Cattrall because she'd been in Portland's <laughs> Police Academy. That's the reason why they didn't want her. You know, and yet they were just quite happy to have Joan Jett. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? It's just, like, it, this harks back, like, to the thought process, doesn't it? Because I, was, I always remember... Um, reading an article um, about John Woo's face-off and the initial initial script for face-off, and this is gospel, (laughs) had chimpanzees on roller skates. (laughs) In part of that film, it had chimpanzees on roller skates. Now... I'd pay to see that. I would pay to see that. But then that to me sounds like a Simpsons Homer imagine you know when he drifts off and yes. like, the, the, the bubble pops up <laughs> and it's like little little monkeys and little cars going around in yeah. circles and yeah. stuff. It's... Yeah. That that's like a Homer Simpson moment that is almost I mean, it's just but then when you read uh, you know, when you look at a lot of the scripts that John Wu has written himself, um yeah. it's it, it, I am amazed that we that the man was able to produce Hard Boiled, The Killer, A Better Tomorrow, and some just brilliant films. I mean, now, A Better Tomorrow actually came out in 1986. It did indeed. It did indeed. Yeah, yeah. John Woo. I mean, I, I maintain that Hard Boiled is simply the most uh, staggering action film. One of the most staggering action films you will ever ever see. The first it's... time I saw that, it completely blew my mind. It's, I, I, it, it, <laughs> you know, don't get me wrong. I, 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 not, I, I, I've watched a lot of films. I'm not a cinephile, you know. I, I, I just, I love watching different types of films. But I, watched, I remember watching the first Hard Boiled. And I think what sealed it for me is that um, you've got the beginning in the tea house, haven't you, with all yeah. the birds in the cages. Yeah. And then he slides down the banister on his back whilst shooting everybody without filling his gun back up. Yes. And then you've got the first big action sequence in the warehouse. Oh, it's just amazing. It is just amazing. And you're watching the stuntman fall off the scaffolding, hit yeah. the bars, and land on the floor, and it doesn't cut away no. once. <laughs> John Woo ensures you suffer with that stuntman. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember watching it going, I'm not, this This is not on screen. And I mean, the part when um, uh, Tequila shoots the motorbike midair, and oh, you can just, see clearly that there's a guy on a motorbike who's in flames in 30 feet, 40 feet up in the air. Yeah. But oh, then, my God. When you, when you look at stunts that hurt, in that, in that big opening battle in uh, the streets where you've got the, um, you've got the wing... Um, you've got Wang the, Chung, is it? Not Wang Chung. They're abandoned, they Wang. You've got the... Uh, <laughs> Wang Chung. <laughs> wing Kong. Oh, oh, talk about uh, oh, bloody hell! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you got the um, you got the Wing Kong, Wing and the Kong. Chang Sings, yeah, and you've got that yeah. big that that huge battle there. And there's a couple moments where the sort of the when the camera obviously gets into the action, and yeah. you see some of the punches that are thrown there, oh. and it's yeah, and they wield in brass sticks. Of yes, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, it's like, oh. yeah. The bit that gets me every time is I mean, with one guy 
He stabs him with like the knife and then just slashes him down his body. And he, it's just like, oh my God, that is just, that's, that's just so painful. Why would you do that to another person? Brilliant, man. It's just, it, it, it meant that, like, like a, a film so out there, so utterly out there, sort of just gets so much devotion and oh. love and, you know, admiration towards it. Because, as you said, this was Carpenter's last studio film. And I think the, the, the previous two to this was Starman yeah. and the, the, the Thing, which we yeah. discussed already. And the beauty of John Carpenter is, yeah, he, he sort of had a niche in sci-fi. He's had a niche in horror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you sort of look at his films overall, there's, there is a difference between each one. There is, is, you know, it's, it, you know, the obvious, there's always a John Carpenter moment in it, in oh, each God, film, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, that is the beauty of Carpenter himself, is that, you know, everything's different. Yes, his latest stuff was shit that he'd probably agree with it, isn't it? Let's be honest, you know. Well, I, do you know the most interesting thing that he's done recently, though? And it's going back, I think, a couple of years now, is have you seen the interview where he talks about Rob Zombie's um, Halloween? Oh, yeah. He calls Rob Zombie a lying piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, mean, some of his newer stuff is not great. And I think kind of in the same way that George Romero suffers with that because his newer stuff is not is nowhere near as potent no, or no. as powerful as what you know it was no, before. Some some filmmakers get better as they age, don't they? Yeah, they do. Because they're constantly learning their craft. Some sort of peter out and, you know, produce good stuff all of the time. Yeah. But there are the food directors. I I, I, I don't want to cast dispersions, but I'd, I'd argue Brian De Palma isn't at the, the top of his game as he was a few years back. No, but I mean, like, Brian De Palma, though, when you think about it, he started off with Phantom of the Paradise, which is a yeah. bonkers film. Absolutely bonkers. Paul Williams film. Yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. bonkers. Um, but, but really, really, really enjoyable. Um, yeah. yeah. He did the Fury, you know, he did the Fury, and then obviously he kind of, he found his feet then with Carrie. Yeah. Um, but throughout his career, though, Brian De Palma has always been hit or miss. Yeah. Like, I mean, Bonfire of the Vanities. Yeah, disaster. Oh. Disaster. Oh. But then, but then, like, two years later, he's making bloody Mission Impossible. Yeah. Car- Carlito's Way. Yeah. You know, Car- Carlito's Way is, is amazing. I argue that's best, Sean Penn's best film. Did, I think you've got a, I think you've got a good case to that. Really, okay. really good case. I do you like know, you mean casualties of war, mind you. Oh, that is a harsh film to watch. It's, it is, it, oh, it is uh, tough, tough, tough film to watch. I think I good would, good film, though. Good film. Oh, it's a brilliant film. Do you know I found Cannibal Holocaust, the uncut version, easier to watch than um Casualties of War. I'll take your word on that one because honestly I've got no interest in watching Cannibal Holocaust. Honestly, I found I I find Casualties of War incorrect it's like um oh french film irreversible yeah yeah I, well there is no way in good conscience i could i i would ever say to anyone do you know what's a really good film <laughs> irreversible go you it is a brilliant piece of cinema and it is yeah. a piece of cinema yeah there is no the fact that the way that that film this the way it's structured isn't it you know yeah. and, you know and even when you think you're getting a happy ending, no, you re- it's just no, and that that is 
that's that this this is like a, a niche market yeah. of, of French cinema that, that you know you could, we could talk about. And to be honest with you, I really don't want to see some of those films no, that no, are the part no. of it. To be honest, no. but um, going back to like the, the, the quality of um, you know Carpenter's later films is like because um, he made um, oh, vampires with um, James, James Woods, Woods. <laughs> and the Fat Baldwin. Which one's the really fat Baldwin? I can't remember him. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Steve Baldwin. Yeah, no. Yeah. Is it Steve Baldwin? No, it's one of the Baldwin. It's it's the one that they can't get when they can't get the other. You know, Alec <laughs> or the one who was on Big Brother. And he made Ghosts of Mars as well. No, I quite like Ghosts of Mars. Ghosts got, of... It's it's all right. It's it's not great. It's not it's great. A, it's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Ghost of Mars. It is weird. It's, it's a strange film. Yeah. Very, very strange film. Like, I mean, Ghost of Mars, you know, you ultimately have like zombies on Mars, but Mars doesn't look particularly like red. Mars. Like Mars at all, which, you and know, perhaps, you know. The chief zombie looks like Marilyn Manson. <laughs> Wasn't Courtney Love supposed to be in Ghost of Mars? She was like originally going to be. I think she was lined up to be in it and then like sort that. of um, didn't. But then, like, Natasha Henstridge is... I think she's a good actress. I think she's a really good genre B-movie actress. You know, she does exactly what you need her to do. Get undressed. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Statham's in Ghost of Mars, mate, isn't he? He is. He is. Yeah, forgot about that. Um, forgot about that. The Stath. The Steve, you know, you know the man who's currently making Meg, the film about the, the world's biggest shark. Have you read the, the book for Meg? I must say, is very, very good. And if they can get anywhere near the book, they may have a decent film. If they get it wrong, they'll end up with another Sharknado, <laughs> which is currently on part. Five, is it? Or I can't. Six? It's keeping David David Hasselhoff fed, though, isn't it? Because he he pops up in them. Yeah, and one of the the minor cast members of Nine Hundred Two One Zero, the original season from like <laughs> twenty five years ago, is, is constantly in it. I I mean, you know, each to their own and all the rest. But uh, anyway, we digress. We are digressing quite a lot, though, aren't we? Um, are we going to look to? Tie this up, or... well, I mean, obviously, we said just really quickly as we said about there's two great Chinese character actors in this. You've yeah. got uh, you've got James Hong, who, yeah. like I said, you know, as David Lopan does an immense job because essentially he's playing two parts. Yes, you've got the crippled old man who is just <laughs> with, the, with the creepy as hell, isn't he? You know, you know it's, it's just tra- translucent oh, skin, isn't he? You know, yeah. like it's, oh, it's, it's just awful. And then obviously, you've got David Lopan. The sorcerer, and I think as you know, he's incredibly. His presence is immense. Yeah, I made a little. Like one of my little side notes here about Lopan. Is he a vampire? Ooh, I mean, because he, he drinks the blood, doesn't he? He end. does at one point. Yeah, I mean, there's there's quite a bit in, um, particularly in, in Chinese folklore about sort of uh, vampirism and blood. And yeah. All. And yeah. I mean, they do, I mean, they're famous vampires. They're vampires, Hop. Um, it's, I can't remember the name of it for the life of me, but they're vampire, like Hops. Um, yeah. It's quite, I tell you what, they, they kind of look at it is in Legends, uh, seven, uh, Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires. They, yeah. They, yeah. They have a little bit of that in it. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, no, he's, I think he's more of that sort of demonic force, isn't he? That needs yeah. that kind of um, yeah. However, yeah. Side note: the actor James Pax, who plays um, Lightning, yeah, would go on to play the first emperor of China um, in a like docudrama for the Discovery Channel. Now, the first emperor of China is the person who imposed the curse on David Lopan. Oh, right. Mm, see? So it, it, is, it is all... Ch- well, there, there is quite a lot of history within the film itself, isn't it? It is, it is brought up, you know. Yeah. To, well, it's uh, <laughs> the beginner's guide to <laughs> Chinese... Mysticism. Mysticism, yeah, 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 you know. And with a classic line, Chinese have a lot of hells. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's another, there's another one like that. Uh, yeah. What's it say in the door, Wang? Uh, do not enter the hell of the boiling water or something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. And he goes, really? He goes, no, it just says do not enter. As Lopan, he is brilliant in this because he's not, yeah. you know, like I said, this guy's been working since 1955. You know, it's, he, I know, one of my, he's in one of my favorite Malcolm in the Middle episodes as well. <laughs> Go on. He plays uh, the grand. Have you ever seen Malcolm in the Middle? Yeah, the, you, and you got the, it, the, the yeah. grandmother, the really horrible grandmother. Yeah, um, she drugs him um, and tries to get him. Tries to get him to marry her, and she's drugging him the whole time. It's absolutely brilliant. It's a really, really good episode. That I haven't. Really, really good episode. I well, I'll keep an eye out for reruns of that and see it. <laughs> if I can come across that episode, yeah. because it's funny, isn't it? You, you forget like these TV shows that did run, they, they did run for a while, didn't they? Well, oh, they mass- yeah, yeah. Because Mark Mac- in the middle was massive when he was, was on. Huge, he was on for massive about, show, like five or six years, wasn't it? Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. After that, but the thing is, anybody watching going back to watch that now would go, "Oh my God, Walter White is a really nice family man," isn't yeah. it? you know. <laughs> You know, not this this drunken thing who kills people. You know, for the sake of killing them. You know, yeah. but uh... <laughs> the other great Chinese character actor we've got is Victor Wong. Yeah. Now, Egg Victor Chen. as as Egg Chen. Now, he passed away in two thousand and one. Um, yeah. He had a heart attack. Um, but my God, this man had a little led an interesting life. He had um, he had a couple of degrees. He had a degree in um, political science. Um, he had a degree in theology. Um, he had. Uh, he was also a journalist. Um, he was an artist. Um, he was friends with Jack Kerouac. He part of the Beat Generation. Yeah, then, he? yeah. He was part. You know, he, he he was there. He was he was friendly with. In fact, Jack Kerouac writes about him in one of his books. Really? Uh, yeah. Um, and then when you look at the films that he was in, he was in, obviously, he's Big Trouble in Little China. He yeah. was in The Prince of Darkness. Um, he was in Year of the Dragon. He's in yeah. The Golden Child. Was he? Yeah, he was The Golden Child. He plays the, um, the like, sort of Buddhist monk um, in one scene. It's, it's more of an extended cameo. All right, then. Um, he was in The Last Emperor. And more importantly, he was in Tremors. <laughs> he was in Tremors. Tremors in years. Years. God, that they don't have a part seven of that, man. Well, Tremors. there's a TV series and everything do you go for that? So, mental. 
but like you know you and but this is the other thing and it's quite rare for a hollywood film you have got a very very strong chinese cast yeah you know you look at the three storms you look at you know there's carter wong um who's thunder who has the best death i think in cinema history by inflated himself to death yes he gets so angry (laughs) i'm gonna make myself explode I, 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 for such badass characters, because they're real good tough guys. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know they are your your proper henchmen, are they? Oh, they got some weird ways of dying, though, haven't they? Yeah. Because you think, like um, as as you just said, now about Thunder, you know, inflating himself to the point where he explodes. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you see those bits flying everywhere. You know, in the corridor behind them. Yeah. And then, but then Rain gets. At the end of um, Wang's sword, yeah, and flies off and crashes, and then Eng Chen throws one of his many things, and it just all blows up around him, <laughs> and like he gets crushed. Yeah, it's a big brick, a big uh, stone thing dropped on yeah, him. Yeah, you know, and it's it. I don't want to say it's like a, a sort of anticlimactic death for him, but it's just sort of you sort of expect them like lightning, perhaps you know to get I don't know. Blown away by something, yeah. you know. I, I don't know. It's just fucking strange, but um... <laughs> well, like Carter Wong, um, he was the fight instructor on Rambo Three. He uh, he wasn't the choreographer, but he was the um, he was um, Sylvester Stallone's fight instructor for Rambo Three. He didn't help the script, obviously, no. with Rambo no. Three. You no, no, um, I don't think Shakespeare film. could have helped with the, with the script of uh, Rambo Three. <laughs> Awful, awful, awful film. I'm just going to crash this massive helicopter, but I'm going to come out of it without a mark on my body. Yeah. And I, I have no T-shirt on, so I am exposed. <laughs> but, yeah. but without a mark on my body. Look, I'm, <laughs> I'm all for suspension of belief in films, right? However, you have to draw the line somewhere. And that film, uh, just appalling. Yeah. And I mean, appalling. Um, the guy, James Pax, um, who was lightning, um, he's directing a lot in sort of Asia and, the, and in Japan, um, but he was in. He's done a couple interesting films. He was yeah. in. Um, he was in Kinjate. Have you seen that one with Charles Bronson? Kinjate. No. It's absolutely bizarre. It's a. He plays a detective um, uh, working in sort of uh, tracking down sort of Japanese criminal. It's a bizarre film. It's one of those sort of Golan Globus films where they've just gone. We're just gonna. Put Charles Bronson in it. We like, <laughs> make the script up as we go along. It is bonkers. Oh, I've got, got a, I've got a lot of affinity towards Gol and Gol, uh, Globus. Yeah, Electric Globus. Boogaloo. We've said it before. Oh, last. Brilliant. Go and watch it. Just watch brilliant. the insanity unfold. Oh yeah, we could. We're just going to make. We got. We, we've got. I don't know. We've got Charles Bronson. What script do we've got? Yes, this will do. Charles, we're going to pay. You. 10 million quid to be in this film. What's it about? Um, don't know, but anyway. Have a look. Be, have a look. <laughs> well, they had be two, in this film. It's the famous saying that they had two piles, didn't they? For the two Chucks. <laughs> Charles Bronson and Chuck Norris. And they, that, that, that was it. They were just two piles, just for scripts of Chuck Norris and Charles Bronson. Oh, my God. It's amazing. It's amazing. Everybody should see that film. It's brilliant. Right. Absolutely amazing. Shall we wrap this bad boy up? Any, fin- any final thoughts on it? Oh, one thing I did want to say just before we go. Yes. Um, we touched on a couple of films released in 86. Yeah, yeah, yeah go. There was 
uh, as I said, Top Gun, Crocodile Dundee, which... <laughs> right, i got to be honest, right, as, as a kid, I watched Crocodile Dundee, so this is a great film. You watch it as an adult and you think, what happens? It's one it completely mystifies me to this day what makes Crocodile Dundee so good. I just because nothing really happens. He's, no, no. he's in Australia, just, yeah, and then he goes, he goes, to, America. goes to America, and that's it. And that's it. It's nothing, is it? It's not me. It's it, I just... no, no, no. I, I just don't, you know. And Paul Hogan is the leather. You know, he's got the <laughs> he's the most leathery man I've ever seen. Oh, God. I, I remember Paul Hogan having his own TV show. There used to be a show on Channel 4 on Friday nights before Crocodile Dundee came out. Yeah. And my endearing memory of it is that they used to, every single cast member had a can of Fosters in their hand. <laughs> and his sidekick always wore like a swim cap and he looked right. simple. <laughs> it just, there's one thing that always sticks out. Uh, right, go back to my list. Uh, Platoon came out in uh, '86. Uh, you know, it's a heartbreak. Uh, it's a heart, heart heartbreaking film. Heartbreaking. But some career best in that. Tom Berenger. Yeah, Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe. Uh, uh, Charlie Charlie Sheen is amazing. In any fairness, you well, know, if you think just... about, you know, you think about that performance and you look at how the direction that Charlie Sheen's career could have gone in. Yeah, could have gone in. Because he did Wall Street after Platoon, he did, didn't he? he did, yeah. yeah, you know, and it's crazy. And I just don't do drugs, kids. Any yeah. kids don't do drugs. Um, right, Aliens, the aforementioned Aliens, yeah. came out. Ferris Bueller's Day Off came out as well. Yes. Made by made by the late great John Hughes. Uh, A Better Tomorrow came yeah. out. Blue Velvet came out. Oh, now so, <sighs> do you know Love. what I watched? I remember watching that as a kid. Right, and just thinking, this is bonkers. <laughs> this is totally bonkers, and I just didn't get it. And yeah. then watching it, I think I, I, it's been a, it's been a good couple of number of years now since I've seen that film. But I went back and I watched it, and I found it really, really uncomfortable to watch. Yeah, it's unnerving. It's it it throws you um, because you think you're looking at Americana, perfect Americana. Oh yeah, 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 you? completely. And it goes totally the other direction to the point where as soon as Dennis Hopper comes on screen you're terrified well you just you don't know what's going to happen well Dennis Hopper um you know one of the famous stories about that is he went to lunch with David Lynch in character before he'd been cast and David Lynch was so afraid he didn't want to cast him and they had to have a second meeting to say look I'm not actually this person I'm not. I'm not really that person. But he showed Method. up. In, Method. If you think about that sort of, you know, the bit where he's using the laughing gas. Yeah. He wanted originally to use um, helium. Now, how dark would that scene be with him? And, and I mean, I'm not going to say those lines because don't get me wrong. We've effed <laughs> Jeff on this li- uh, as we've gone through this, but there is no way on earth I'm uttering that. Um, and, 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 and yeah, it would have been God, it'd be the most terrifying film it was ever, wouldn't it? It was bad enough as it was. And even like Dean Stockwell when he comes in, like you know, he's just off his net. <laughs> Dean Stockwell is a brilliant character actor. Is he superb, Dean Stockwell? Brilliant actor. What, what is, is he forever actor? known as? Al in Quantum Leap. 
<laughs> with who wore some amazing shirts, it must be said. He yes. wore some amazing shirts. Um, quickly, I wish we were talking about David Lynch. Dune, yes or no? Yes. Completely. Good man. Um, Up to the point where Sting is in his pants. Oh, you knew you were going to see that. See, the, the Sting in his pants is just wrong on so many levels. I, just, I knew if I asked you that question, <laughs> you would say, apart from Sting in his pants. <laughs> Uh, Critters came out in 1986. Oh, again, see, people sort of mock Critters, but the first one, brilliant, genius, so simple, brilliant, yeah, no, great so idea, simple. brilliant. Uh, Color of Money came out in 1986. Great film, Mark Scorsese, yeah, Mark Scorsese, great, film. great film. Uh, Mr. Cronenberg's The Fly came out in 1986. Now, that is an episode in itself. <sighs> Talk about body horror. Oh, my days. Oh, my days. Uh, Labyrinth came out in 1986. Again, brilliant film, as long as they're not focusing on David Bowie's trousers. Oh, yes. That man had a crotch, fair play. Um, <laughs> uh, Little Shop of Horrors came out. Brilliant. Brilliant. Fantastic brilliant. Frank Oz. However, oh, right, people go and see the the show. Go, go yeah. see the stage. Be warned. The the stage show is not the musical. The stage musical is not the film. It really, really isn't, and it's a lot darker. Is it? <laughs> it's much darker. Oh, right. right. I'll have to be, I, I won't spoil. I, I won't spoil it for you, but it is a lot darker. And there's a number of people who go, "Huh, right, <laughs> okay." I thought, "Oh, right, okay." That that's it, is it? And they say, "Oh, yeah." <laughs> It's because it has got Steve Martin and Bill Murray in it. That's what it is. True. Um, what else came out? Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Michael Rooker. Oof. That's a tough watch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Haunted Honeymoon came out. Gene Wilder. Brilliant. Gilda Radner. Yeah. Brilliant film. Amazing Br- film. You know, again, Gene Wilder, you know, I can't, you know, again, what is going on in 2016? Yeah, it sucks dick, let's be honest. It really, really does. Uh, donkey dick, that is, sorry. Yeah. Um, what else came out? Uh, house, the first House film. That was on the Horror Channel last night, and I've, I, I haven't seen it in years. No, I recorded it. I'm going ha- to have to go back and watch it. Because the, the VHS cover for it is so cool, and the poster. The hand, isn't it? Yeah. The ha- Pressing the doorbell. Yeah. Genius. Genius. Quality. Quality. Uh, a couple more. Manhunter. Oh, brilliant. Is it better than Silence of the Lambs? Different films. Totally. And you can't compare and contrast on either, to be no. honest with you. No. Apples and oranges. Uh, absolutely. Uh, Stand By Me came out, 1986. Oh, again, when you look at that cast, um, it is a phenomenal cast. And it, it, it's absolutely. some of their best work. I'd yeah. Say, you know, Will Nine and ten, 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 eleven years old. Yeah, it's just staggering and tragic. Actually, when you look at what happens to some of those. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is, and you know, it's it, it's such a brilliant. And I think I think especially because we could do, you could do podcasts with Stephen King adaptions oh. to, to, to the end degree, yeah. couldn't you? Yeah. But. Stand by me. Yes, it is. Uh, it's, it's, it's a Bachman story, a short yeah. story, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was you called know, the body. The body. That's right. Yeah, and 
I don't think they've changed it an awful lot for the film, have they? No. In as much as they changed the title and whatnot, but the, the actual central uh, yeah. stories yeah. It pretty much remain the same. Isn't it? But um, it's one of those films that just harks back perfectly to a time and a place we would we would never be privy to. But oh no, no, no! It's um, it's about friendship, isn't it? And it's about yeah. you know you know they're that enduring friendships that happen and. and- that that sort of you know that sort of very real thing that friendships when you're that age yeah at a certain point they change yeah 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 and you enter um, into a different world and it's it's uh, it's 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 sort of it's very thought provoking oh it's 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 brilliant and it's it's one of those films that you, you, well it, in my instance I can't wait for my, for my children to be that little bit older than they are yeah. now. So I can sit them down and say, right, watch this. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, yeah. I remember seeing it as a youngster and I'd be in, wow, you know, brilliant. Um, but my final one that came out in this year was um, FX Murder by Illusion. <laughs> Remember that? Brian Brown. Brian Brown. Yeah. And um, what's his, who's the other guy? There's Brian Brown. Brian Dennehy. And Brian Dennehy. The great Brian Dennehy. Quality. Do you know? Absolute have you quality. seen To Catch a Killer with Brian Dennehy? Now, that's a TV film. It's a TV. Yes. Film. Yeah. Is it the one with the the young girl? No, he's a serial. He, he plays a serial killer. Right. Well, I mixed it up with another. Then I mixed it up. He plays with it, Brian Dennehy's a serial killer. It's based on they've sort of compiled a couple sort of like serial killers. Like uh, I'm probably getting their names wrong here, so please don't. But like Dharma. And Bundy and those type of things. They they kind of sort of melded them together. And yeah. um oh it's just it's it is a it's terror he is terrifying in it. He is really, really, really scary. It is it's really? brilliant. But it's made for TV. Made for TV. Excellent film. Right. Okay. So Right, I think that's it. Final thoughts, give us a score out of ten. Big trouble uh, in Little China. It's gonna have to have a very big it's not perfect. No. It isn't perfect. But just for sheer fun, originality, uh, I'd go nine. Give, I, You're giving it nine. A, a solid nine. Solid nine. Do you know solid what? I've been a, I'm a firm believer in go big or go home. Yeah. And for me, this is a 10. Good on you, sir. That is it a is a 10, 10 because, like I said, all the things that the people criticise it for is the th- a part of the things that I love about it. As we've said, isn't it? You know, it's... it's it's it... We've talked about it for needing an hour and a half. An hour and a half. Yeah. hour and a half. So, yeah. Great writing. No. Great direction. Yeah. Great soundtrack. Great acting. Yeah. Immense. Great act. It's brilliant action sequences. Looks phenomenal. Sounds brilliant. My son has just put the kettle on in the background. <laughs> there we are. Perfect timing for you, sir. That is all time to go. It is always a pleasure to have you on. And Indeed, we'll sir. welcome Indeed. you back look- very, very soon. Yeah. Um, so, and we'll have to we'll have to discuss which one we're gonna do though. Yes, we will. We will. Mr. Winston, always a pleasure, never a chore. Take care, my friend. Take care, my friend. I will speak to you soon. <laughs> Well, that just about wraps up this episode of the Undead Wookiee. 
once again, I'd like to thank my co-host, the irrepressible Leighton Winston. Um, thank you, my brother, for being on here. Uh, next episode, we're going to be doing The Wicker Man. I'm very excited about doing this one. Um, I'm a big fan of folk horror, and in particular, The Wicker Man, so I'm very, very excited. Um, I was hoping that we were going to squeeze in uh, a little book review, because we haven't done one of those for a while, but we're running a bit long on this episode, so we will make sure that that is in next time. Now, as always, I've got shout-outs that I'd like to give, of course. A big shout-out to my man Blake over at Spivey Points. Um, Dave Becker at DVD uh, Infatuation. Um, Jay of the Dead, Wolfman Josh, and of course, Dr. Shock. Dave Becker, I've just already mentioned him. Over at the Horror Movie Podcast. People, if you have, if you've never listened to a podcast before, if you really are looking for another horror podcast to listen to, guys, get yourself over to the Horror Movie Podcast and listen to those guys over there because it's absolutely fantastic. They, at the moment, uh, they're doing a, th- I think they're three into part three. I think there might be a part four coming on uh, 80s slashes. It's absolutely fantastic. Which leads me on to my next shout out, which is to the Land of the Creeps podcast and Gregor Mortis and his crew. Uh, you can you can catch Gregor Mortis actually on the horror movie podcast. And when you say that uh, people are legends, Gregor Mortis himself is a legend of the podcasting community. So you've got to get over there, listen to his show, Land of the Creeps. Excellent, excellent horror podcast. Um, again, a bit of a shout out to the guys over at spiritnoir.com guys get over there hopefully we're going to be reviewing a few more of their shorts very very soon um, and of course i want to give a shout out to my man cj smith over it was formerly known as the bad horror movie blog but now he's uh, switched it up he's revamped it and it's the vhs revival excellent writer excellent quality content very very clever man get yourselves over there and have a look at uh, his stuff um and and I want to give a bit of a shout out to Paul over at uh, the owner of Glastonbury Comic Books. Uh, guys, it is your one-stop shop for all your comic book needs. It's a great store. Paul is an incredibly knowledgeable guy. Uh, you can look him up on eBay at Glastonbury Pop. And you can also find him on Facebook. So that's pretty much it now, guys. Um, like I said, thank you very much for listening and taking the time out to support the show for tweeting, for liking, um, for listening to us on SoundCloud and on YouTube. Please, please, please subscribe to the show. Uh, Really appreciate all your likes and everything else. So that's all that's left for me now is to say in the immortal words of Count Dracula, good night out there, whatever you are. (laughs) 